Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. We are at the end of the first week of training camp and it's been a crazy week. We're going to we're going to recap obviously what happened today, but also we'll look at into kind of everything that happened this week because it was crazy. There was a lot that went on. Training camp started off and we've kind of been speaking about this every single day really this week is that the Cole Komet contract extension just like happened out of nowhere. But look, it's it's been a weird start to training camp just because every single year I remember kind of looking at training camp. I remember when it was at Bourbonnet, I was there a couple of years. And you're always like, ah, oh, this offense just doesn't look good. And it's always like the defense is always ahead. And we always have to say, oh, it takes longer for the offense to get going. It feels good for once where we can actually say that there's competitive football happening on both sides of the ball. And I can't remember the last time there was any sort of positivity in the first week of training camp when it comes to the offense. Um, so we're going to break that down today. We're going to talk about it. Um, it is great to have Scott back on the show. Um, so it is, it is brilliant to be able to talk to him. But also, Rashad, it's, I think the last time we spoke was probably draft time now. Um, mm-hmm. You were at training camp yesterday and you are at training camp today. So what's, your, what's been your overall opinion of the two days? Because I know you, you were there last year as well. So mm-hmm. when you use that as kind of a comparison, same coaching staff, but obviously a big difference in terms of the talent on the team. What are some of the things that kind of stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's a massive difference from last year if you've been, you know, both last year and this year, because especially on the offense, you know, there's there's actually like cohesion going on. There's already, you know, touchdowns going on. There's already big plays going on, which you didn't see any of that through the first like two or three weeks of camp last year. You saw a lot of, you know, fumbles. You saw a lot of bad throws. You saw a lot of bad drops. You know, there wasn't any sort of chemistry going in the first few weeks of the season of training camp last year. So comparing it to last year, yeah, it's a hundred hundred times different. You know, you're actually seeing big plays going down the field to, you know, guys like DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore and Justin Fields chemistry has been insane for the first few weeks of practice, right? I mean, even the OTAs, like they were connecting nonstop. They've been like basically best friends. I think that it really proves that that trade by Ryan Poles was so beneficial to the franchise to go back for number one, you know, to get a guy like DJ Moore, because I don't think any other receiver we could have gotten this year besides for a guy like DJ Moore would have helped out our offense as much as he has, right? Like the other options were maybe, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, we would have went after him, maybe a drafted guy, but like we didn't have any other option, you know, besides him that would have been this much of an instant boost to the offense and he's been every good he's been every bit as good as advertised right like he's scoring touchdowns nonstop. he's you know toasting dbs he's getting past tyreek stevenson who the rookie has had a hard time going up against you know dj moore because obviously you know dj moore's been in the nfl for quite a few years now so that's to be expected but yeah man that's the most that, i think that's my biggest takeaway like the offense is actually looking good for the first time in like a long time at the beginning of camp like you mentioned like it's not a situation where we're saying like, oh, wait a few weeks because it's only it only started, you know, give it a few weeks and the offense is going to be fine. No, that's not been the case this year. Like the offense is actually looking, I would say, better uh, than the defense at this point in camp. And sure. I want to, uh, sorry, Scott, I want I'm to sorry. kind of go to the back of that and, and kind of give this one to you because we've spoken about this in the offseason that we've seen with some of these young quarterbacks, like like even last year in terms of Jalen Hurts, what was the big difference? Well, they're able to bring in AJ Brown, right? You get in a guy like DJ Moore, and that's what Bears fans were hoping would be the case, that there is that chemistry early on between your starting quarterback and this your supposedly number one receiver. And the fact that we're seeing that, and 
whether he's going up against Tyreek Stevenson, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, or whoever, it ju- even if there's good coverage there, it just seems like those two guys are on the same wavelength. And how important do you think that is going into this season? Because it really is important for not only the team, but Justin Fields' development. Yeah, it's really important. Oh, are you asking me or us? No, I, was, I thought you were asking Rashad, but I was, oh, no, I was, asking, you, I was yeah. asking you, Scott. Yeah. Oh, you were asking me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry, uh, but Rashad, you can you can hold your thoughts and yeah. I'll let you answer. I promise. Um, I think when you look at not just what Justin Fields and DJ Moore have been able to do within training camp within OTAs, I think you are you are looking at a lot of prior things that are very similar. As you mentioned, AJ Brown to the to the Eagles meant a lot, but I think it may be the type of receiver that we're talking about. DJ Moore has added a swagger that the offense hasn't had maybe since Walter Payton. And that's very important. AJ Brown had a swagger in Tennessee, then got traded to the Eagles and added that swagger that Jalen Hurts needed, that the Eagles needed. That offense started humming and started humming pretty quickly. I think adding, if if they would have, not traded for DJ Moore. Maybe they added DeAndre Hopkins. Would that have had the same effect? I think it could have been similar. I just don't know if that would have truly translated the way that it has so far. And granted, it's just week one of training camp. Will this continue You know, into week one of the season when they have to face Green Bay? Maybe. We, I think we all hope so. That doesn't mean that that's going to actually happen. But there are a lot of positive signs, I think, from the DJ Moore trade that Bears fans and maybe the NFL wants to finally see. This is still a franchise that hasn't had a a quarterback surpass 3,600 passing yards in a season. Everybody else has had a 4,000-yard passer. There is still something to be said for Chicago Bears football, which was two yards in a cloud of dust. That day may finally be over. This is finally a team that is going to be very fast, very quick. And if Justin Fields can just deliver accurately, I don't know how you guard anybody. Yeah, and Rashad, I guess the same sort of question to you on that as well. Is obviously, you you being there, you seeing what kind of that mm. chemistry build up, because we've been talking about it pretty much all offseason, because obviously the beat reporters have been telling us from, mini camps the OTAs like the guy that's very clearly stepping out and looking like the difference maker is DJ Moore him and Justin Fields obviously and you could tell I know yeah they did a an interview on NFL Network today and you could tell there's even the chemistry off the field there where they genuinely like each other which is important when it comes to the relationship between wide receiver and quarterback but obviously the most important thing is what they do on the field and I don't know if if he wasn't there, would we be getting kind of all this sort of positivity going on the offense? Because obviously he's the one that makes plays, but it opens things up for other guys. And is that what you've kind of seen where it's just so clear that he is way and above what we have had before? That it's just he could be that difference maker on offense, even just for him and Justin, but actually that it opens it up for those other guys like Cole Komet, like Robert Tunyon, like when Darnell Mooney gets back out there in terms of the team drills. But then also 
Chase Claypool, who people have been kind of criticizing all offseason, but he's been a guy that has, has made plays early in camp as well. Yeah, 100%. I think you said it best. I mean, his addition does open up a lot of things for guys like Darnell Mooney, you know, D- or, you know, Chase Claypool also, the rookie Tyler Scott. Like, there's – I don't think we had a true number one on this team before DJ Moore. So, adding a true number one, you know, obviously it is going to open up a lot for the rest of the guys. You know, Darnell Mooney back in 2021, that was his best season as a pro. We had A-Rob back then, and even though A-Rob was not as good as he was earlier on, like, he at least was that number one, you know, option to take some – responsibilities away from the rest of the defense, you know, some attention away from the rest of the defense. So I think having a guy like DJ Moore on the other side is going to be beneficial to the other guys. And when you're at camp, you can clearly see like he is a lot better than all the other receivers on the field. Like nothing against Claypool, nothing against Mooney. I think they're fine. Number two, number threes, but more the way he cuts, the way he gets open in the way he's cooking some of our best cornerbacks. Like he, I don't know if you guys saw, he mossed um, Jalen Johnson today in the back corner of the end zone. He had like a fantastic catch over, Jalen Johnson on one-on-one so like he's just doing things that I honestly have not seen out of a Bears receiver since maybe Brandon Marshall you know Brandon Marshall back back in 2013 2014 like he had some good years with us but I've not seen a receiver dominate like that in a long long time and it's not only you know he's not like one-dimensional like he can go over the field he can go down the field he can do a lot of different things so it's it's going to be hard to defend against a receiver like DJ Moore especially when you have other guys in the football field too like a you know, like a Claypool and like a Moore, so like a Mooney. So really, really big for Justin Fields' confidence going into this year, you know, to get a guy like that. Because again, like you mentioned, like without him, I don't think we have this much of a buzz about the offense going into this season. Rashab, I got to ask, I mean, you've been there. You know, when the Bears made the DJ Moore trade and then got Tyler Scott, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned to to the rest of the Irish Bears crew was, this may be the fastest set of wide receivers the Bears may have ever had. Uh, I believe 4-4-2 for Claypool and DJ Moore. Mooney was a 4-3-8. Tyler Scott was even faster than that. He was pushing 4-3. Um, I think when you are there in Lake Forest and watching training camp, is that translating on the field? Is it, is it just everything is just a lot faster than it's ever been? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we also have fast cornerbacks, too. You got to keep in mind. So, like, that speed kind of is, like, all of our cornerbacks, too, like Tarek Stevenson, Kyla Gordon, like, those are pretty fast guys, too. So, they are, you know, sometimes they are keeping up with them. It's not like the receivers are just burning everybody every single play. You know, you know, Ryan Poles has, you know, only added guys to this roster that are fitting, like, an 8.0 RAS or above, right? Like, he's not drafting or signing any slow guys. So, like, the entire team is super fast. So, sometimes it is kind of hard to tell the difference in speed because until you go up against a slower person, you're not going to know like how much faster you're going um, on the football field. But I I think that when we actually play against a different football team, like maybe in preseason or when the season actually starts, then it's going to actually play out in the football field. And we're going to see like how fast a guy like Tyler Scott is who, you know, Tyler Scott, he's, he's been cooking a lot of the backup DBs. You know, he went up against uh, yesterday. It was, or two days ago, actually was when I went, I went on Thursday and he cooked um, Michael Ojemudia, one of our backup cornerbacks going down the field on a go route. And Ojemudia is one of the faster cornerbacks we have too, but Tyler Scott just flashed by him, you know, and it was not even close. Like he had like five, six yards of separation. So we do have a lot of speed on this roster right now. We have to remember Justin Fields also has a lot of speed to his game as well. You know, he's not been running with the football as much in camp so far besides for, I think he had one play today where he took off with the football for a touchdown because nobody was open down the field. But 
I do also like that Justin Fields isn't only running this year because we want to see him break out as a passer. But yeah, I totally agree. There's there's a lot of speed on this team right now. Yeah, and it's interesting when it comes to the offense. Obviously, a big thing is going to be when they put on pads on Wednesday and see kind of how do the team drills go then. If the offense are still able to kind of show what they've shown in the first week, I think that's a really good sign because that's usually the case of when pads come on the first couple of practices it can be a little bit kind of stop and start because there's actually a proper pass rush but it's the only time we actually start to see like really what are the offensive line doing because it's kind of unfair to analyze any of the offensive linemen when they don't have any pads on because it's it's more difficult for them but look we've spoken about obviously dj Moore quite a lot they obviously focused very heavily on the red zone today and we started to see kind of more kind of the I guess chemistry is a similar thing in terms of like with DJ and Justin but also with Robert Tunyon because we've Mm -hmm. been seeing that he's been a guy that he's been going after and we kind of mentioned it this week as we are kind of analyzing the Cole Komet contract and I've been saying I like in terms of the numbers and stuff like that and People may criticize this at the end of the year because Cole Komet's numbers may actually come down, but he may actually have a better season, even though it might not be statistically a better season when you look at what he does, because you have another guy in that red zone where we didn't last year. Like the only two tall guys we probably had in the team last year was ESB and Cole Komet. This year, when you have guys like Chase Claypool, you have DJ Moore, you're going to have Cole Komet, you're going to have Robert Tunyon. But it seems like very early on in camp, we're starting to see flashes of what this offense could be. And having those two tight end sets when really last year is kind of like Cole Komet and whoever else could just get on the field. It's it's kind of exciting to know, and Scott has mentioned it, you look at this offense and it's not just one guy. So it's great having DJ Moore coming in there. But then we talk about guys like Darnell Mooney, who's being productive. Chase Claypool is at a positive start to camp. But then also looking at these tight ends, how impressed have you been with Robert Tonyan and that signing that they made? Because that was one of the kind of later ones, a one-year deal. Obviously, he came off an injury in Green Bay, but I think a lot of people have seen what he was able to do in Green Bay. And it's nice to see that he has started camp really well and has infiltrated quite well into the offense. Yeah, he's been really impressive. He had two touchdowns today. He had a touchdown, I believe, yesterday as well. Every time they're in the red zone, he's almost always scored a touchdown. I mean, he's, like you mentioned, like he's super tall. He's super athletic, too. So as a secondary receiving option behind Cole Komet, like he honestly probably is going to be a better receiving option at tight end than Cole Komet because he does have the longer hands, um, the the more athletic frame, I would say. And, you know, back in, back in 2020, like he had 10 touchdowns that year, right? So he's already produced at a high level as a receiver. Now, like you mentioned also, you know, Cole Komet might be the better player. Not even might. He's definitely going to be the better player because he's only 24. He can block a lot better than Tunyon can. And he still has room to grow as a receiver. Um, but I think that Robert Schmitz actually tweeted this like a few days ago where he's, you know, talking about, you know, Cole Komet. And we did sometimes like force feed him last year because we just had nobody else to throw to. But I think this year it's going to be more um, getting him getting him the ball in situations where he actually should be getting the ball. It's not going to be like a force feeding type of thing um, because we don't have any other guys to throw to. Right. So when he does get the ball this year, it is going to be more impactful plays that he's making rather than just, you know, getting the ball um, because we have nobody else to really give it to. Right. So, um, but going back to Tanya, like, I mean, this guy, 
as a secondary option at tight end, like in 12 personnel, it is going to be very fun to watch him because we have not had a tight end number two like him on the Bears in like a long, long time. I mean, I can't remember the last time we had a decent backup tight end. And, you know, with the Packers, he's already had good receiving seasons. So I totally agree. You know, it's going to be fun to see him this year. And he's already developed a very good chemistry with Justin Fields in only the first week of camp. So we'll see how that continues continues to grow for sure. Rashad, let me uh, let me go a little further on on what you said about Tunyon because I'm not saying that Cole Komet is not going to be a better player or will or won't be a better player, but there is something about somebody like Tunyon, who in the past three years has been the most wide open tight end in all of the NFL. So you have a guy like that. And granted, you know, did he benefit from having Devontae Adams? Absolutely. But even last year before, you know, he got injured, you know, you still had a rookie Christian Watson. You had a rookie Romeo Dobbs. You had Samari uh, Toure from, with the Packers. There's still something to be said for having that and still being the most wide-open t- uh, tight end in the league. So when you have somebody who can run routes, understands not just – his own route, but also where the defense is falling within his route and can get himself to a point where he can not only make an, uh, a good catch, but can leave himself wide open so that if the quarterback does underthrow it, overthrow it, there's still a chance that he might be able to save that quarterback. So Justin Fields isn't always going to be the most accurate quarterback at, at times. Neither was Aaron Rodgers last year or, or the years before. That doesn't necessarily mean that not having – uh, that having Tunyon is going to be a bad option for the Bears. As for Cole Komet, we started to see towards the end of last year when there wasn't much in the way of talent, not just a wide receiver, but any other position on offense. You started to see Cole Komet be that fallback. You started to see David Montgomery and Khalil Her- Herbert be that fallback. Finally, Justin Fields noticed, hey, I can actually check down and it's okay. That's the thing that I think is going to make this offense really start to sing because if he doesn't find a wide receiver that's open or if his primary targets aren't always open, he's going to go to a Komet, a Tunyon, a Herbert, or somebody else. You know, Maybe Dante Pettis is out there. Who knows who's going to be out there? But he won't hesitate to go to that second, third, or fourth option when necessary. I'm glad you brought up the checking down because I've noticed and other people have too that he is checking down a lot more, checking down faster than he has in previous camps. So that's going to be a big thing for him 100% because like you mentioned, like you can't you can't only go down the field. Like you have to be able to hit your checkdowns, you have to be able to get, you know, 4 or 5 yards here and there because otherwise you're going to be sacked and a sack brings you back 10 15 yards, right? And that's going to ruin the ruin the drive for you. So I think learning to take that check down, learning to take what's there from the defense, not always going for the big play, not always going for the 50-yard run as well to keep yourself healthy. That's going to be big in making Justin Fields like an actual franchise passer of the of the football as a quarterback. Because right now he's a decent, you know, athlete, but he's not proven to be a full quarterback, right? Because you have to be able to hit those check downs. And I think he will this year because he's improved a lot and getting the ball out quicker. Um, his teammates also have commented on that. I think that Two days ago, T.J. Edwards talked about how much he's getting the ball out quicker. Brisker talked about that, too, in the interview yesterday. So his teammates are noticing it. The fans are noticing it. And it's clear that he is growing in the system. And he should, right, because he's going to year two now into the system when last year he was going into year one. So 
I think that's also pretty big that for the first time since what 2020 he's going into the same system with the same coach same OC like that makes a big difference honestly you know not having to learn everything over again which you know he got inserted into such a bad situation with the Bears earlier on but now it is kind of it is kind of like settling down for him and we we've actually added a stable supporting cast around him too so I, I do think the conditions are prime for Justin Fields breakout as a passer this year. Yeah, one of the interesting things that we've noticed from talking to a bunch of the reporters this week as well, and even just from gauging from the fans that have been there, is it just seems like the energy is is different, both in terms of the crowd, but also the players. Like, obviously, fans like to see offensive football. They like to see the touchdowns. But also when we have different kind of, some of the different reporters that have been on this week with us, They've mentioned guys like Terrell Lewis. They've mentioned guys like um, Walker. And they've met like other players on defense. Like even you mentioned TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds. All these guys are getting really pumped up when there's a play that's been made. I know today from looking at a lot of the tweets that kind of came in, like Eddie Jackson was on like a Veterans Day. But then when there was an interception, there he was running down the sideline. These yep. are things that they are important and I mentioned it earlier on in the week that I did want to see the defense come away with the football when they did get their hands on it it's not so much that okay it's an interception from Justin like, it doesn't really matter you want to make sure that this the team is being as as competitive as possible and a lot of that does come down to the coaching right and Scott I know you want to ask a little bit about Eberflus here but I was listening to I can't remember what show it was but it was people were talking about how this team last year with everything that went against them, they didn't give up on this coaching staff. Now Ryan Poles has backed that coaching staff by bringing in these players in terms of better quality players to add to the room. We are now seeing these guys starting to gel together. You're starting to see the offense and the defense in terms of working as a unit and kind of backing each other. I like to see that the defense is kind of chirping as well and coming back at the offense because you don't just want touchdowns just from the offense because then you're like, okay, what's the defense doing? And I do think a lot of credit does have to go to this coaching staff and it is going to be really important that they're able to continue that as camp continues because obviously once the pads come on and I think Getsy said it, like they're still early on in terms of what they're installing. I think once they start to put more complicated things into the offense and into the defense it'll give us a better sense of kind of where this team is going but I do think you have to give a little bit of credit on this kind of energy around the team to obviously Ryan Poles are adding some of these players but really the coaching staff so look Scott I'm gonna let you kind of go in because I know you had a question about Eberflus as well yeah it's one of those things Rashad like I mean you've been there you've, you've seen all these things but we look at last year when obviously the talent wasn't there. And as Kieran mentioned, they didn't give, the team didn't give up on the coaching staff. And I think that's one of the things that we have to look at, especially now that there are more talented players on the Chicago Bears team. I feel like last year, Eberflus was there. No matter what the talent was going to look like, he was going to instill a culture and a culture of confidence, even with substandard players that he was then going to bring in so that when whatever GM came in, he was going to figure out, okay, we're going to make this work 
and we're going to build this team from the ground up. Now it's year two in the Eberflus system. And now you're able to see better players installed by Ryan Poles. What have you seen? Like, has that culture of confidence now brought this team to, you know what? Maybe we may have a, a, a possibility that we can win eight games, nine games, 10 games. We're going to compete for the division and then see where we go from there. I'd say, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing about Iberflus is that he's a confident guy. He's a confident leader. And that confidence does also come through on his players then in turn, right? Like if you have a confident leader, if you follow the leader, you know, you are going to be confident yourself probably, right? So I think that Iberflus's steadiness as a leader, his confidence, his abilities as a leader have really, they've made this team, you know, much more cohesive than it was the last like three years of Matt Nagy, right? Which I don't want to talk about Matt Nagy on this podcast, obviously, but like, (laughs) You could tell the last two years of Matt Nagy, especially like the team wasn't listening to him. They weren't really buying his message. But I know it's early right now. It's only one week of the second year of his of his coaching career so far with the Chicago Bears. But you can tell, you know, players are buying his message. Their message. They're listening to him. They're, you know, following what he's saying, and they're pumped up about football too. Like every single time on the football field, you see guys fighting hard. You know, after the play, and you know, fighting for the football. And the hits principles have honestly made a big difference too, because. Last year, even with the bad talent that we had, we did rank, I think, like 14th or 15th in turnovers forced, which the prior three years, I want to say, I think we ranked like 24th or 25th in turnovers forced or even lower than that. So the turnovers forced have been big last year. That's been a thing in camp so far as well. You know, we haven't maybe we haven't forced as many as Iberflus would have liked, but we've gotten close to forcing some. So, you know, turnovers have been big Um, penalties last year, like. We were actually the third least penalized team, I believe, in the NFL. So, like like you kind of mentioned, like even with the bad players, like we saw signs of growth there. And, you know, right now it's only practice. So, again, I don't want to take too much away from practice until the games actually start. But you can you can see that their message is getting through and the players are, you know, fighting hard. They're believing in this message. And when the games start, I think we are going to see a lot of good things. So, I do agree. We, we have a chance to make the playoffs this year, man. I mean, with how bad the NFC is with... You know, if Justin Fields can take that breakout as a passer this year, why can we not make the playoffs? I know our defense is not, you know, probably going to be great. But if the offense can hopefully carry this team for a little bit and hopefully that defense can come together at the very end, you know, watch out for this Bears team. I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, look, I, I want to kind of piggyback on that as well, because I think that's a that's one of the big conversations we've had. Right. Like, what are the realistic expectations from this team? And then. Obviously, this week, there's been so many different rumors about all these different pass rushers that the Bears want. Because when we talk about it, we're like, what's the biggest haul on this team? It's probably uh, the edge rusher. And when we look at it overall, I think it's they've made it very clear that they're going to be open to bringing someone in. We don't know who. We don't know when. We don't know how. But there was rumors of Justin Houston. Um, I think that is definitely one that is probably a possibility and probably doesn't need to happen for quite a while. I don't think Justin Houston is kind of raring to have to go in and do six weeks of training camp, really. I'd say he'd be fine getting in on when kind of you're at that last preseason game. He's 34 years of age. I don't think he needs to be doing that. Yannick Ngakwe is a little bit of a different one. Obviously, there was a bit of kind of commotion a couple of days ago. We then had Chris Emma on the show, and he's like, I've been riding the same stuff on Yannick Ngakwe for about a month that the Bears have been interested or that he's been interested in the Bears 
but the difference, and this is what I kind of said, was the price was just not where they want it right now. But then we saw today that there was a report that a guy like Danell Hunter is could be available for a trade. And obviously, the price is going to be high there. But regardless of who it is, let's say it's one of those guys. Let's say it's either Yannick Ngappe or they do trade for someone that you look at as a very good pass rusher that can kind of bring this team forward. Do you think that then there is a scope that we should be actually having expectations of competing for this division? Because I think a lot of people right now are saying, oh, if the Bears get between kind of seven to ten wins, it's good development, it's natural development from winning only three games and then improving. Because when you look at this team, you, you or this division, you mention it in terms of the NFC in general, but you just look at the division. Like, I think a lot of people think the Vikings could be the team that kind of comes back down because they won so many, like, one-score games last year. They've lost some team, or they've lost some players. There's, again, if someone like Hunter is gone, well, then that's another guy that has been gone. The Lions, it's an interesting one, right? They, they ended the season so well, but we do also forget that they started the season so badly. And if they do that again, well are they going to be able to turn that back around? Green Bay comes down to the quarterback, all that sort of stuff. So in terms of if they do sign one of these pass rushers, for you, Rashad, should there be an expectation there where Bears fans should be like, no, you need to compete for the division this year because you've now filled many of the holes that we wanted you to. You've got the number one receiver. You've got an edge rusher. You improved the overall starting point of this team. Do you think that it would be – it's what, or do you think that fans should expect that they do compete for the division? I'd say probably, yeah. It depends on who we get, though. Like, if we trade like a first round pick for Daniel Hunter, or so, I'm not sure how much it would cost, but if you know, second round pick, whatever, if we get like a star edge type of guy, then I think there should be expectations to at least be competitive for the playoffs, maybe not make it itself, right? Because you know, we are still, we got to remember we were the worst team in football last year, and I know it's. You know, I know we added a lot, but it, it still does sometimes take time to turn things around. So, like, if we don't make the playoffs this year, if we're only finishing with, like, seven, eight wins, even if we do add add rusher, I feel like fans wouldn't be mad, per se. Mm-hmm. But if, if you want to speed it up a little bit and make the playoffs, I think that's definitely possible as well because we've seen teams do it in the past. Like, the Bengals, you know, they had, like, a one-year turnaround, basically. The um, Jaguars last year, like, they, they made the playoffs last year. They also won a playoff game, too. So... You know, I don't want to put like too, too much high expectations on this team because they are still young. We still haven't seen anything out of this passing offense, you know, in games that actually matter. So until I see it, you know, I don't want to I don't want to put a crazy prediction out there. But I do think that Bears fans, you know, being a little bit optimistic, they, they should be able to expect, you know, eight, nine, ten wins if we do get a better edge rusher, because that's the only hole I can think of on this team. Right. Like if you look all ar- around this roster, like I can't think of one massive hole as big as Ed Rusher. And if you go back to last year, like there were so many massive holes all over the roster, right? And we filled a lot of them in already. So, you know, if Justin Fields can be as good as I think he can be, if this defense can be hopefully at least average, I I think playoffs could be a possibility, especially in a very, very weak NFC. And I'm glad you brought up that, you know, the Lions were bad at the beginning of last season because the Lions have been getting a crazy amount of hype this year from their own fans, from the media as well. And, we got to remember this team has not won the NFC North since 1992, <laughs> 1993, I think. It wasn't even called the NFC North back then. It was like the NFC 
what central, central. or something like that, the right? NFC central. So, it was. Yeah, yeah. So Lions fans do got to chill a little bit. I mean, I personally I am picking them to win the division, just being like completely unbiased. But I also would not be completely surprised if they don't win and if the Bears win because the Lions always find a way to mess it up somehow. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Rashad, let me. I'm, I'm going to take what you just said, but I, I I like I like where you were going with that. But let me. Let me also say that the Lions are actually a team that the that the 2023 Bears might actually remind you of. Mm-hmm. Last year's Lions played on a fourth place schedule. They improved enough where they were they ended up being nine and eight. And yes, they played very poorly to start, but there were a lot of young players. There was a lot of cohesion that still needed to happen. And then when they finally got it, man, did it click. And that was something that I think the Lions and the Lions fans took a lot of heart in. Now, here's a fun thing. The 2022 Chicago Bears were 1-7 in one-score games. 1-3 in games decided by a field goal or less. But let's take that 1-7. That if the Bears had reversed that, they would have been nine and eight last year. And then how much would people be talking about the Detroit Lions? And I'm not saying that they wouldn't be talking about it, but then you'd have two teams in the NFC North that were of equal improvement. Now, granted, they had the worst team in terms of talent and depth in the NFL last year. So if they were nine and eight last year with that roster, man, could you imagine what the, what the thoughts would be with this roster? Um, but as for last year's Lions team, they were 9-8. and eight. And Now, granted, in 2021, they were the worst team in the NFL. And they were, I believe it was 2, was it 2-6-1, and one, I think is what it was, uh, in like one-score games that year. So, I mean, they were still pretty bad. They had a depleted roster. Still, it was better than what the Bears were in 2022. But they were bad and bad in a lot of different ways. And then obviously took that step up to become nine and eight last year and knocking on the door of the playoffs. And it only took a Seattle Seahawks win to knock them out of the playoffs. But thanks to the Lions, they also knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Good job. (laughs) Um, But still, I do believe that, and I'm not saying, you know, now Detroit is not going to be playing a fourth place schedule. They're Mm -hmm. going to be playing a second-place schedule. It's going to be much tougher for them going forward. And that's that's what happens with growth, at least growth in the NFL. The Bears are going to be playing a fourth-place schedule, much like the 2022 Detroit Lions. So an improved roster, an easier schedule, yes, the Bears are going to take that next step. Maybe they will push for the playoffs. Maybe they will push for the division. I don't have a problem with any of that. But I don't feel, and I never felt like this was the year the Bears were ever going to contend for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Last year was, let's start building this from the, from the ground up. This year was, okay, let's improve the roster. Let's see if we can not only have some growth, but maybe push for the playoffs. And then 2024 was the time that, if you could keep a lot of this core together, you're pushing for the Super Bowl because now you have most of, if not all, of the pieces finally in place. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 
when you look at it as trying to be realistic, you are looking at it in, in terms of you'd be hoping to get seven, eight, nine wins this year. And then having that kind of positivity going into next year, no, you still have that draft capital. You'll still have pretty much top five in terms of money to be able to improve your team. And I wouldn't say that the Bears would have to compete for the division if they got like Yannick Ngakwe, they got like Justin Houston. But if they did go out and trade for a guy like Danelle Hunter where you are having to give up draft compensation, I don't think it's going to take a first round pick, but it's probably like multiple twos and threes. Um, And if that's the case, well, then you're doing that because you believe that you're not that far from at least competing for the division and getting into the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's going to be an interesting one if that is a style of move that Ryan Poles does. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see when they do address the edge rusher because I think it's quite obvious at some point they will. Um, and then I think once you do that, you look at this or you look at this defense as a more cohesive unit because right now we look at it as there is that glaring weakness. And until that gets fixed, I don't think the expectations for this defense can be quite high because we know how important it is for the edge rushers just to be able to help the guys in the back end so that you can allow Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards to be those fast athletic linebackers and not constantly have a blocker in their face the whole time. So I think it is going to be important there. But look, week one of training camp has been very beneficial for us looking at this. Obviously, we've spoken about the offense has been clicking. We've seen the chemistry that we've spoken about. Cole Komet's got the contract extension. Guys like Tyler Scott have impressed. We've seen some of the new faces on defense make play. So it's a lot of positive, a lot of positivity going into week two. And hopefully that continues as the pads come on because we're not too far away from the first preseason game. And typically when that happens, everyone still starts forgetting the practices because it's just about the game. So I can't wait for that because it means we're getting closer to the actual football games from, from happening. But look, Rashab, I just want to thank you for for coming on the show today. It's it's yeah, been it's been really time. good. I know I know you've been you've been covering it on on your own channel in terms of the yeah. recaps and stuff. So I assume you're probably going to be doing the same thing for today. So do you want to let anybody know if you've kind of have any kind of videos coming up or anything that you want to tell people about? Yeah, it's just going to be daily training camp videos. I'm not going to be there every single day, but just compiling the reports from Twitter if I'm not there. Just talking about what happened. I'm also gonna have a hype video out for this upcoming season sometime in the Let's go. Next few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> gotta make that. I actually started a new job now, so I don't have as much time to make it as I once did. But I'll be I'll be making that pretty soon. Still have to pick up pick out a song for that, pick out you know clips for that. But that's gonna be that's gonna be a pretty fun video as well. So look out for those videos. Yeah, absolutely. And just for everybody that's tuning in, whether you're listening to this back on YouTube, whether you're listening to this on audio, next week same sort of thing. We have a a bunch of different reporters that will be joining us right now. We have Pat Finley will be coming on, Alex Shapiro, Adam Johns, and Mark Podash. So make sure that you do stick with us next week because it's been it's a busy time. And then the week after that, they're all off in Indian. Hopefully we'll get some of the Indianapolis reporters to come and join us as well so then we can get a good sense of what the joint practices are like before that first preseason game. But look, we appreciate everybody joining the show today, all the comments that have been coming in. And um, so, like I said, follow Rashad, look at he, like his hype videos going to be coming pretty soon. They're always really, really good. Um, make sure that you follow us over on all socials, that you're subscribed. 
And until next time, all we can say is bear down. <laughs>